Hi, hello, and welcome back to the No Approval Podcast with me, your girl Pillar. This podcast is all about exploring how social media is impacting our lives, how it's impacting culture, and of course, how it's impacting our career. We are at episode two already, yes. First up, before we get into the episode, I just want to shout out everyone who's been sharing the podcast. We love to see it. Keep sharing it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Last week was all about Instagram versus reality TV. We had Amanda Smith from Selling Sunset on Netflix. She gave us a real, raw, honest account of her journey. It was amazing. But this week, we're switching up a little bit and taking you guys behind the scenes of somebody who works in social media, has an actual career in social media, working with numerous brands. I'm going to be joined by Unsa Malik. She's someone I hugely respect. She's a social media and influencer marketing expert. Now, listen, that word expert is always thrown around, but Unsa is the real deal. She has been in the game for years, working with well-respected publishers, well-respected brands. She's literally at the top of her game, leading teams, and also is the author of Slashed It, which is the ultimate social media and influencer marketing guide. This ebook has really gone off. I first heard about it during the dreaded lockdown, but it was one of the gems that came out of the lockdown. And Unsa has just really dedicated her time into helping people who want to learn how to use social media, whether they have a small brand, a side hustle, a project, a business, whatever it is, she has laid out what she does with all her big clients and how you can take those big brand strategies and apply it to your project whatever stage you're at it's brilliant I have to say that myself just a quick disclaimer though our conversation today is not about strategies and tips on how to use social media if you want that stuff you should get the book and luckily for you guys we're actually going to be giving a copy away I will provide the full details of that at the end of the episode we're going to get to learn a bit more about Unsa the woman behind the slashed it brand we're going to be learning like how she went about launching the book how it ended up being so successful. I'm going to be also asking for her insight on things such as Web 3.0 and NFTs. Are these just the buzzwords that people are throwing around or is it the future of social? And also, I really, 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 really wanted to speak to her about her decision to go back into a nine to five after a stint of entrepreneurship. Now, let's be honest, social media likes to paint this picture that entrepreneurship is the pinnacle of everything. Oh my gosh, I'm an entrepreneur. Like it seems to be portrayed as the sexiest job in the world, but Unsa's gonna give us, you know, the real deal, what it's like and why she decided it's not for her. Let's dial her in and let's get into this conversation. Unsa, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the No Approval podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's a long time in the coming. It has been a long time in the coming, especially because we've never actually met in person, but we've met online and we've done like clubhouses together when Clubhouse was still a thing. Yep, yep. I know, like uh, lockdown times. <laughs> lockdown times. Um, But yeah, it was really important actually for me to have you as one of my early guests on this podcast because 
I know more so than the average person, you would probably resonate with why I've called it No Approval Podcast, which for anyone who missed the initial explanation, but basically as somebody who's worked as a social media manager before, I still work in online content creating, podcasts, etc., campaigns, that everything you create has to go through a million rounds of approval. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have so many stories about approvals. Just like you have this amazing idea and then by the time it goes through approval, it's like this good for nothing idea. Yeah. <laughs> that brings me quite nicely to at the beginning of each episode, episode, I let my guests know what I think their no approval moment is. So Unsa, I have picked out one of your moments across social media for me that resonates your no approval moment. So I'm just going to read it out real quick. Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do one of those ones where you're digging, digging through people's stuff. (laughs) But yours is, it actually comes from the 2nd of August, 2020. So last year, Mm. and you tweeted out, 80% of my readers only found out about me this year, but I've been working for 10 years. I had zero, capital letters, zero recognition externally until last year. Only those in head offices I had worked in knew me. That's nine years of unheard graft. Your time will come. Keep at it. Yeah, that's a good no approval moment for sure. So like talk me through that because obviously for a lot of people that have recently discovered you in the past kind of two years, it's off of the book that you wrote called Slashed It. Talk to me about like, first of all, like how did the book come about and how was your transition from being someone behind the scenes to now coming out and making your own content when you're literally the only line of approval. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, I mean, I've worked in social media since its infancy, since before social media was even rolled, before influencers were called influencers or like YouTubers or vloggers back in the day. And I always like really, I've always been super grateful and appreciative that I've always loved my job and what I'm doing, etc. But as I grew over time in the industry, obviously you network with lots of people, you meet lots of people, you go on to manage lots of people who are a bit more junior in the industry. And because I've been there since infancy, I've always been a bit more of a senior person in social media. And as, yeah, as my connections kind of grew, I had lots of people coming to me just being like, hey, like, how do I pitch? How do I go in this industry? How do I learn? There's not really a degree for things like this. You know, um, is it worth taking a degree in something else? Or, you know, how do I get internships, etc.? All different kind of questions at lots of different levels from super junior people like interns up until like people actually managing influencers or working in-house or brands. And I just got to a point and I felt like I can't personally consult everyone in my Instagram DMs. Um, I just, one, I don't have the time for it. And two, it's it's silly. It's a silly move to make that you work this long in your career and to just give free advice 24-7. Like that's, you get to a point where you're being kind and you're being a bit of a mug for yourself. Mm. So um, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to open up a separate Instagram account. Um, I was working on like my one personal slash work Instagram account. I've made that now completely private just for like uh, friends and people I know. I made an account um, and it's actually just called Slashed It. It wasn't even in my name. I actually wanted to hide away from even having my name anywhere. I just wanted to be like this one Instagram page where people came and got advice, which they wouldn't necessarily get from blog posts or influencers or people who have grown social medias on the outside, I would say, because I've always worked inside the industry and the ways of working is very, very different inside the industry, as you would know, you know. Um, and depending where I work, like publishers, broadcasters, brand side agency, just, just a lot of the... I guess, approvals um, to give name to this podcast and um, think just, yeah, just ways of working and ways of growing wasn't the same thing 
and it wasn't really aligning with what people were teaching on the outside so I guess that was what my USP was um, and then that account kind of grew organically and then one day I just literally at night I had like a light bulb moment and said I'm just going to write an ebook um, I don't want to make a fancy video course I just want an ebook no BS just everything I know all the case studies I've worked for some really really great names and brands and I've done some amazing things for them so I'm just going to use those case studies use all my knowledge and write this massive ebook um, and the next day I woke up and I put it on my Instagram I hadn't even written like three sentences I just told everyone I'm writing a new book I'm someone who has an idea and it just needs to be done like ASAP um so um <laughs> I put it on my Instagram and I guess it just as I, I put that up and then I kept sharing really valuable information on my Instagram so I was growing very organically um and just like connecting with people online and just like with people kind of in the same space as me and just getting to know them um and lots of word of mouth in the industry like she this girl can really help us on influencer marketing or going on social media etc and then as that was growing I continued writing my ebook I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote it's like over 50 chapters long and then I update it regularly so there's a lot going on there um and then I got to a point I spoke to like this PR expert and she was like you need to put your name on it like you've done so much you just need to put your name on there and I did that thing where I guess I've always been behind the scenes and I was just like oh no, no no like that's not that's not my thing I don't want to put myself out there like I'm not that kind of person I quite like being behind this but she was like but you've written a whole ebook you just need to turn it into a bit more of a personal brand and you can just do it at the pace you want to do you don't have to go all out you don't have to do things that you don't want to do um so I was like fine I'm gonna do it so I put my name to it you know fast forward a bit by time the ebook had come out so many people like in like an online space kind of knew that once it's launching an ebook like this is the girl behind it and even like what my experience was because unless you like specifically search my name on LinkedIn you wouldn't really know and if you didn't know my name to search me you'd know nothing about me so um just even like what I had done in the ship I think that really does sell the ebook as well people can see I've worked for a very long time for some good names and I've kind of worked my way up in the industry and I still am in it like nine to five is still my bag I really love it um so yeah and then it just came out and bam in like within a space of like I guess even on the day the ebook launched like everyone's like oh my god like this amazing ebook and then the reviews have been amazing I've been practically just selling the ebook for me um it's a great bit of passive income it, it it does well by itself um and I very purposely I'm sure we'll talk about it later but I very purposely kept it as just a passive income I'm well aware I could have made it like a full-time job just like gone ahead of it gone into consulting side of things um but I just enjoy it for what it is I like that it grows organically and I absolutely love the job that I'm in, I'm in right now in my nine-to-five as well so yeah and now just I guess more people know my name and um yeah people look at me and they're just like oh my god like how did you do this etc blah blah I was like well no one actually knew me like literally no one like I had a Twitter account that was there but I never used it it was just there like it was there for my journalism days from when I look for news stories um my Instagram was private unless I connected with you personally in work or like had to work with influencers etc otherwise you wouldn't have known me so people just see that the ebook came out and oh my god like you people know you and like you have amazing reviews and you're doing so well in in life all of a sudden it's like I've actually been doing well for a long time I interned from like sixth form like I knew what I wanted to do so yeah it's been it's been quite some years so yeah wow that sounds like a proper journey and stuff but why do you want to like put your name to it why did you want to keep it anonymous is it because you wanted to just help people out or were you scared about like what other people you work with would say what was the reason yeah I mean I don't really think it was about what other people I worked with but I think it was more 
I'm not sure. I think I was so used to being behind the scenes. I just wasn't used to having any of the limelight. Like the most my limelight would be like in like the boardroom, be like, oh, like this is done really well, like well done, Unsa, kind of thing. Or like you're promoted in a job and there you go. Like I just wasn't used to my name being out there. And I guess a part of me was also just a bit scared or nervous, even if scared isn't a word, just a bit nervous or apprehensive about how people would perceive me and um I just didn't want to be grouped into the, I know there's like when industry were lots of like charlatans like there's loads of like in quotation social media experts right and they're not actually experts and I was like well I've worked so hard I don't want to be tainted like my whole reputation that I you know I've worked my way up and for people just to see that and be like oh my god just another social media expert um it was just a lot of fear I guess and then I realized like you know what like whatever you know effort like People are going to hate you regardless, like, of whatever it is. And if you're going to do well, why not put your name to it? Um, and just by putting my name to it, I've been able to help so many more people because I feel like they can speak to a bit more of a personality and not, like, just this uh, random Instagram account where no one knows, like, who really is behind it or they have to search a bit to find out who is behind it. So, yeah, I was just apprehensive of what people would think um, and just how they would perceive me and whether, you know, I'll get... Like, I'm on Twitter, and, like, I think it's very easy to get dragged on Twitter. Like, oh I'm in my the gosh, I'm in, girl. I'm in, you know, we're, we're kind of on the same circle on Twitter. So, you know, we'd see the same conversations. So <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be, like, stuck. So I was like, but, hey, I'm not I'm actually just twice about how to grow social media influence to Martin. Like, what, you know, no one could really drag me for that. So I think it's just, like, what other people would think, which stopped me a lot of the time. Um, and I just wasn't really confident in that. But I thought, you know, if I can do it um, internally in office, like, just go for it. And I think I'm, I'm so glad I took that plunge. I mean, because look where it's brought me today. I'm so glad you did as well. Like, I love discovering your stuff online. But girl, listen, trust me. I feel you <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the getting dragged thing. I think it's so bad that we're living in a day and age. Like, the biggest fear now is that, like, oh my gosh, am I going to get cancelled? Am I going to get I dragged? Know. I think, yeah, it's just, you know, because the thing is, it will start on Twitter. But before you know it, you're like on all these gossip pages. Um, like, and it just, you know how things just blow up overnight on social media so there's always just that tiny bit of fear when you put yourself out there honestly and you know what it's not just social as well like someone I know told me about this other website what's it called Tatla or something oh my god and people have like boards where they talk about people who do stuff online yeah and I'm like who has the time it's like Reddit on crack it is it is I've seen those because I remember searching an influencer and I was just like really interested like what her background was and like she has those are like amazing designer but I was like oh my god like I want know like does she work somewhere or like you know where, where's the money coming from so just a, like a general search on google yeah and i ended up on those boards and i was like this is bad like it's, <laughs> it's, actually, bad. it's, it's, it's bad it's mean like it's it's really not nice actually i don't know why someone would do that but yeah that online is like a mad space i know someone dm'd me some time ago like apparently i'm being dragged on russian reddit like apparently yeah like apparently some guy who's also I mean, no coincidence, he's also, like, apparently a social media expert. And he's telling everyone, like, on fake news or something. And I was like, what the hell? Like, that's the thing about me is I'm very transparent about my career and, like, what I've done. Because I want people to make their choice based off what they see from me and what I have done. So I've always said, like, just look at my LinkedIn. Everything is out there. 
it's not that hard to find me. But, you know, people will just, I guess, once you've hit like a certain point of success and people will just try to drag you. And I think a lot of people like assume a lot of success as well. Like it's just, I mean, it's done very well. But for me, it's not like my, I'm not coming out being like, I'm earning eight figures, like from this Mm. like one ebook. Like it's doing well organically and more so it's just the reviews that are going around. So I think people always build their own perception of you and make this like whole idea of you, which isn't even true and they make stories off the back of it. Um, But yeah, I digress. Like, yeah, cancel culture is like (laughs) a scary place to be in if you're there. Honestly, that is bad. He's obviously very threatened by you. For, For a grown man to be, dragging you on reddit is is threatening yeah it's interesting that it's always men as well it's always it's always it's always a man i'm just like it's and the thing is there's space for both of us you know like thank you you know people can buy both of our like course i don't even know what he does but wherever he's selling like people can buy that as well like it's not like a one-stop thing you know if someone can drop money on Nike and Daddy Daz and like a hundred different designers and like a Twix and a Kit Kat I'm sure if they really really want to learn they can drop money on both of our resources like I've never to me there is no competition because it's just this is my thing that's your thing like well done to you well done to me end of story thank you and also you're on like completely different sides of the world like exactly (laughs) literally exactly I just I don't even think I have a big Russian market so I don't know where it's come from (laughs) that is madness but also like I kind of get you about the social media expert thing because when you work in the industry and then when you're online and you see these other experts it's almost like two different like worlds because it's like when you work in the industry it's very much you your team you're following processes you're trying to get like your campaigns to in quotables go viral or you know get good engagement or whatever depending whatever the brief is at work and then you have these experts that are more like I find like the experts some of them can come across a bit cringe Mm. And I feel like maybe that's the fear some people have. And it's what you're saying is like, I feel like people online are quite gullible as long as someone can deliver something well. So someone could be really good at like public speaking. So they deliver well, they're charismatic, they can deliver well. They can literally read stuff online and just reiterate it in a video without ever having any kind of accolades to back any work they've ever done. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly that. Um, I guess basic, like I haven't explored all the risks to be explored in even promoting my ebook. I'm not heavy on kind of like Facebook ads. I'm not going to do those like, I find them quite cringe, those videos where you speak into camera and telling people like, if you do this, you're going to earn seven figures. Again, I've kept it very organic and that's just what works for me. Um, and I think I think I attract a particular audience who appreciates that. I attract people who actually um, are there just for the organic part. Because even if you look at my Instagram, the highlights have the reviews, but as you scroll through, it's a lot more like sort leadership and like uh, motivation kind of stuff than there is versus the actual ebook stuff. So the fact that people still quote me for my ebook when really the bulk of my content is nothing to do about my ebook um Mm. it's I feel like it's a nice place for me um and again I think I'm not super money motivated that's another thing which I think has really um set me apart from a lot of people and you go online everyone's talking about making like x amount of money and buying a house and like all these things you expect to put on people but for me I guess I'm quite happy where I am like I'm quite content where I am and I've never really like Mm. been someone to be like oh my god I have to be a millionaire like oh my god I have to just max out my profits it's fine if you are it's fine if that's what motivates you like good for you but for me I've been quite happy of just how things are going at the pace that I'm going at and I am still growing from it it's not like 
I've been stagnant you know if I was completely stagnant I would have tried something else but for me it's just what works for me it fits it aligns the most of my personality and again that just kind of comes from the other side I feel like people see that authenticity um and a bit more they can relate to me a tiny bit more in that sense and then that's essentially what helps sell the ebook as well you're better than me girl because honestly <laughs> you know sometimes when you really see people doing up like you can make seven figures yeah, you can make six figures it's so tempting to want to do stuff like that it is, it is. And I, I think it's just, I just think in the past like year or so, like with the pandemic and everything, I've just, I've just changed my perspective of life. I yeah. just feel like small things, like I've got a roof over my head. I'm living like in an apartment with my best friend. You know, I have an amazing job. And then I have like this great ebook, like that's fine for me. Like, I don't feel like I need the massive luxuries in life. I mean, it would be great if I won the lottery tomorrow and I had 122 <laughs> million. Like, no one's saying I don't like money. Like, that's like a fake story. Like, it's great to have lots and lots of money. But for me, I'm just not there. Like, I'm quite content and happy with where I am. And I do think there's, I know like everyone always talks about manifestation and blah, blah, blah. But I do think if you give off like that good energy, it does come back to you. It's just what you um, kind of put out there. It's what you're attracted towards. And I do think it just comes back to you as well. So yeah, I'm just in a place where I just feel just content and happy. And I feel like that's that's all I actually need in life. Oh my gosh, love that for you. Absolutely love that. Okay, on the conversation of money though, let's just get into it a bit. You're not big on chasing a lot of money, but when you first put out the ebook, it was like successful for you monetarily yeah. as well as like, you know, commercially mm -hmm. and online. As in, am I right in thinking like when you released your ebook, you made as more than you were making in your full-time job previously? Yeah, for sure. When I first launched the ebook, it was definitely like this massive bit of income. But I do want to tell people, which is why I don't talk about finances, like it's not like every month I make that amount of money. Like it's not... I had really marketed my ebook, like as much as organic, like it was all I did. I really focused on that account. I really had lots of great organic content and I did make a good amount of money from it. And it is a good passive income for me right now. Like it's not my main job, but just because I have chosen for my nine to five to be my main job. Like I said, I could have easily turned this into something which made far more far more than a nine-to-five is giving me so yeah like I said it's not that I'm money motivated but I am making money from it so if you're putting it out there you're not making any money from it at all then what's the point of having the ebook what's the point of putting all the work in so it's it's like a comfortable amount of money but I'm not like crazy crazy money um orientated like I'm not someone who's going to wake up and say I want to scale it to those seven figures now did you feel pressure though to scale it did you have like people around you saying oh you could do this you could be doing that you should be doing this you know when do you ever get that yeah. when people say you should be doing this like who told you I should be doing that I know so many people I mean I, do you know what? I think it really shocked everyone when it went back into my nine to five mm. um and I think no one expected it, but it, it was funny to me that it shocked anyone because really the time I took out for my ebook was like peak corona times and most people were at home. I had more to do. And I actually managed to write the bulk of my ebook when I was at furlough, when I was at Lime Pictures, you know, um, working on like TV shows like Slubs Go Dating, Hollyoaks and Yellow Ways Essex. Like obviously TV production stopped. Yeah. And my role was just kind of had to go on furlough. Like, I mean, that was no, that was, um, there was no choice on the business behalf. So that was like my time off to write my ebook. And then the pandemic just kind of continued. So I guess people just assumed like, 
oh my gosh, she worked in nine to five, she wrote this ebook, and like she's never gonna go back to nine to five again. But that was never my aim. So when I obviously I didn't really discuss it with anyone, it was just like what I was gonna do. I don't think it was a thing to discuss or talk about. Yeah. But when I did go back into the nine to five, I was like, oh my god, like why are you going back into your nine to five? Like you again, like you said, you should just scale your ebook. You should just be a consultant. You could do this. You could make so much more money doing this. You could charge like. 200 pounds an hour to do this etc and I was just like you know what I don't want to Mm. like there's so much I can do I could do I should do I just don't want to do it I don't want to be behind a laptop all day just consulting with people like that's not how I work Mm. fine if the money might be like four times more but I'll be bored I'll be sitting at home all the time and I knowing how I am and how I need the outdoors how I need to collaborate with people I need to meet people I'll probably get quite depressed with it as well and it's not really worth it so yeah a lot of people were shocked like oh my god I mean as much as people were happy for me like oh you you know and I would say the ebook did put me in position to get a better job Mm. you know I would have gone work my way up in the industry in the same way but I do feel like it just it put me um in front of a lot of prospective employers and I had a lot of people reaching out to me so um yeah it definitely shocked me when I went into my nine to five um I've just been grateful and and that's how I learn and that's how I can equally provide the best for my ebook the ebook is built on me learning from my job and I'm going to continue learning while I'm in my job right now. Like right now, there's like, I'm doing like a massive research piece on like the metaverse and NFTs and how that works in fashion. Oh like, gosh, we need to get into that. I know. I'm, I'm literally becoming obsessed with this metaverse thing. <laughs> I know, like it's the future. And I feel like because now it's part of my job and eventually like it'll just be a bigger part of my job. And then I can use that experience and put that into my ebook for my readers. It just goes hand in hand. Um, you know, my nine to five really helps me on the ebook side of things. Absolutely. So yeah. Oh my gosh, we need to get into the metaverse. Maybe not this episode, a future one, but I did yeah. read something and it was saying that basically they're saying the whole thing with the metaverse, the NFTs, it is basically what social media was at one point. You know, at the beginning yeah. of social media, mm-hmm. they're saying that it's the same kind of thing in its infancy still and that is growing at a faster pace than social media is so actually if you're in the social media game that needs to be the next space that you're looking at absolutely because if they're saying they're like interlinked you need to be can't carry last like you need to be on job yep absolutely actually um yeah like two points from there I personally feel like if you work in social and you work on the strategy side of things actually even in creative because of nfts you should be reading up on this whole metaverse thing. I'm not saying you need to be an expert overnight. And really, I do think the internet has just overcomplicated a lot of the things. But when you read into it, it's not as complicated as you think it is. Um, And then on the other side of that, I was actually speaking to my friend the other day and I said the metaverse actually feels like when I first had my role in social in that Mm. no one around me really cared about it. They were just like, oh, we're just going to give this job to Unsa because she's most interested in it you know like she really loves researching she really loves like finding the new things so we're just going to give it to her and then eventually it became a role and now I feel like I'm in the exact same position I was at the start of my career in that it's almost like social media's finally got there and it's like oh my god so here we go again like here's like the big new thing but um I'm like fascinated all things digital I always have been and I've always been very conscious on finding things about the future um, and how I feel like that's going to pan out in my career. And also now I'm at a position where I grow my own teams as well. So I just kind of want to know like what skills do I need in my future teams? You know, what should, what are clients going to want? Um, How can we kind of upsell? How can we kind of stand out from 
other people so yeah it's definitely the future like there's no there's no two ways about it like whether people want to read about it or not like metaverse web 3.0 is like around the corner and it's going to come and it's going to explode and it's going to be the new normal facts uh sooner than, than later so um absolutely if you work in social media like that should be something you should always be reading about and like i said just go online just like read articles read newsletters and go on linkedin do a search go on twitter just read about what people are doing um and then eventually when you do get to the point where you have to align it with the work that you're doing you'll just at least have a strong foundation to start from big facts big facts you know what yeah i have to be honest you know during those clubhouse days during quarantine Mm -hmm. i did also used to look at those crypto rooms and nft rooms um like it's a bit of again pyramid Mm schemish. and now that i've properly read into it i'm just like I'm kicking myself because I'm like, I'm actually an idiot. Like, I should have been paying attention to this a lot sooner. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kicking myself like, damn. I know. But, you know, it's it's still not late. Like, it's still in a very early phase. Um, I feel like unless you're someone who's been very into crypto and, like, is, like, a strong believer in the blockchain or someone who works in social or digital right now, uh, you probably have no care for Web 3.0. But... It is, it's not, it's not too late, but now is a good time to definitely start reading. And now we definitely also know like what your next ebook is going to be about. (laughs) (laughs) I know, funny you say, but I'm actually thinking, because my ebook is updated quite regularly, I might add a bit of my research uh, for my readers into that ebook, um, just for people to kind of get a bit of a head start. But yeah, I know, I feel like that's going to (laughs) be... It has to be because yeah. I do feel like it feels like a foreign language. I can't wait to read that because I'm I'm there now. I'm finally yeah. ready for that. <laughs> I can't wait to read. And it's so good that you have a job that allows you to do that. Because yeah. I think the reason people were so shocked about you going back into a nine to five, because I saw it and I was like, congratulations. But also, I'll be honest, I was a bit shocked. I was like, oh, why is she going back to work? Mm. And I realised that actually... There's nothing wrong with you going back to work. It is the perception of the internet that's even yep. made me sometimes question because we also have a mutual friend that also mm. decided to go back into work. Yeah. And it's it's the internet that makes you think that entrepreneurship is the key to everything when actually, like you said, no, like if you were to continue behind a screen all day consulting people, you would get depressed. You said that yourself. Mm -hmm. Whereas with work, there's a whole social aspect of it. You like it, you prefer it. And sometimes it's just like, what is it about entrepreneurship that everyone thinks is the sexiest role in the world? Yeah, I know. Because it really hasn't been in my experience. No, no. And I I guess I had like a stint of that when I was just like, had my ebook running for me. But for me, like, I love my nine to five. Like I get to work on the most amazing clients in my current job. Like really like, it's like luxury fashion and beauty. I have like amazing teams around me. I get to work on really exciting things. I'm being exposed to so many people. I mean, my a non nine to five place would have ever allowed me to. Um, I'm learning so much. There's like real like SVPs and seniors who are amazing. And I get to learn so much from as well. Real reason why I went back into nine to five is just that I enjoy it. It makes me happy and I generally enjoy it. And yeah, you we go on the internet and people just like, oh my God, the nine to five is like, you're like a slave to the system and you're just like giving in to like this capitalist society, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, like part of that might exist, you know, we in order for societies to work, you need a lot of people in the nine to five job, but it's just what I enjoy doing. I've always enjoyed doing it. Um, and I've had 
I have the best memories from my nine to five, not from sitting alone yeah. in my room. So um, why would I not continue that? And I'm actually quite excited to where the future would go for me just based on the current nine to five that I'm in. And how does your new nine to five like differ to when you first got in the game? Um, so when I first like from like ages ago, from, like from, in, from when I was interning. Yeah, probably like your oh. first social media job. Like how's it changed? Yeah. Um, more stress? <laughs> no, <laughs> but... <laughs> the, the further up you go, the more stress. Yeah. I always thought the further up you go, yeah, you just delegate more. Yeah, yeah, I know. But actually, I'm the kind of manager who I do like a bit of a flat structure. So I do, I do feel like you, you do need a bit of a hierarchy because you need people to go to when like shit really hits the fan. Mm. But um, I don't think any job is above me in the same way as well. Like if I've got extra time and like the beauty assistant needs extra help, I'm happy, more than happy to just like take that and uh, work on it with her. Um, I guess the entire industry has just changed. So it's gone from like pitching social media to clients. Uh, now it's like clients want social media and it's pitching the best idea on social media to clients. So it's a, a space where everyone really wants to be on. But yeah, it's gone from this kind of like unique space that's not saturated to like now overly saturated in the grand scheme of things and people just really wanting the best of the best and people just wanting that amazing piece of content make money from it as well they want that return on investment they want to make those sales they want like higher purchase value from their um, followers online so yeah it's just become a bit more of a complex space social media and now we have a lot more niche roles so you might have like uh, someone a bit more creative you'll have someone a bit more strategy driven then you'll have someone who's good at paid social um, someone who's good at speaking to clients someone who's good at putting like a deck together so the role has just become a lot more complex over time and we're having to look at lots of different things and it's what you could once pitch to a client if you pitch that now you'll no way win that pitch because there's so much that goes into social media right now I'm so glad that like they finally realized that a social media manager can't do all seven of those jobs that you mentioned no because there was a time like you'd be expected to do everything like literally you'd be posting you'd be writing you'd be creating the asset you'd be doing the decks and I felt like people didn't really put any respect on social media managers names yeah they didn't I mean in my ideal world they wouldn't even be the term social media manager you'd have like social strategist or Mm. social creative and paid social um lead and just really taking those kind of different compartments of social media and giving people a role and allowing them to really thrive in those areas and then bringing that all together to make the overall amazing social strategy um yeah again like you have maybe like a content manager you know you have a copywriter but I feel like maybe if you're a bit more of like a smaller business you'll have a social media manager who can maybe oversee a few things but even then they might need like freelancers or specialists in certain areas I think the whole idea of having someone who's equally good at strategy and equally good at creative is um redundant like it really shouldn't even exist to be honest you can't expect someone to be a pro and spend so much of their time making amazing assets and also have the same amount of time putting a strategy together. It's not to say people don't have both skill sets. I think naturally, if you work in social media, you will take it upon yourself to really learn how to do basic Photoshop and basic kind of asset making. And just because you feel like sometimes, you know, it's easier to do it yourself than ask a whole creative team, like, can you put something together for me? Um, But yeah, you shouldn't expect someone to be a specialist in every single... um, compartment of social media Mm. and that's why I always preferred kind of um there was a time I was doing social media like 
as a business, but mainly my clients were small businesses. And it was because they're so limited with budget, I fell out of love of the job because it was just like, you're putting in so much, not getting as much results. And you were just working so hard because you'd have to do everything more hours. And then obviously with the whole running a small business thing, there'll be time like the clients would be paying later. So then you'd run into like cash flow issues or whatever. So I had to get to a stage like, listen, like, I can't do this anymore. I had found myself um, working as a freelancer instead. And my last role, actually, you'd mentioned the different roles earlier, was a social creative. And that was for a broad, one of the broadcasters. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is good. Like, yeah. your role is social creative. They would have separate editors to do stuff. They would have community managers. I was like, this is a dream job. Like, I'm just sitting here coming up with ideas. Like, this is amazing. I had to make the decision to just say bye to the small businesses because it's just like, they don't want to pay you enough and then they expect the world from you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I was like, that has got to go. Um, so as much as you love your job, what would you say have been some like downsides of working in social? Because I know I've had a few. Yeah, um... The first is that you never really sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So my background is journalism and I was always interested in digital. So I'm always someone who's very quick and on the pulse just because of the nature of journalism and breaking news. Like I've always been on that side of news. Um, so I am someone who works very fast, but the downside of it is that it just doesn't stop. Um, my one famous moment I've written in an ebook as well is that I moved from publisher side, so like magazine side to a brand, and I didn't have to like be on top of news all the time now that I'm on the brand side, but like my publishing instincts were still inside me. So like um like one like massive, like really famous reality TV star, like one of the biggest in the world. I'll let people guess who that is for themselves. She like wore one of the um beauty products for the brand that I worked with, and it was like some event that was all the way in the US. By the time the pictures came, it'll be like our like three or 4am in the morning like a really ridiculous time but I made it my job to wake up at 3-4am in the morning to make sure we got that picture and be the brand to post the picture because I knew everyone would be scrambling to see what her final look was like and mm. I knew if I got it up the numbers would be insane just for at least 48 hours on our brand side of things because everyone would be scrambling and looking for that picture of her um but I am just grateful that I do enjoy it and I think the other side is all that you have to protect a lot of the brand that you're working for on social media. And I think, to be honest, I think the, the biggest, as someone who's like grown up in East London, and when I work for a lot of brands, it's a very different target market they know and understand. Yeah. Um, so it, a lot of my job has been trying to reach the different audiences in ways which do land with other audiences and other mar target markets, which the brands don't necessarily understand as well. So I feel like naturally a lot of my job has been protecting a lot of brands from not doing something which will have them cancelled <laughs> so yeah just making sure the brand I work for isn't cancelled and like I there's so many things I've been like that is not going out that is wrong at all costs and they don't know and I wouldn't say they're racist but I think there's a massive ignorance piece um in the industry um there's a lot of falling to stereotypes a lot of assuming a lot of things about lots of different cultures religions etc so I would say as a person of colour I've taken it upon my job to make sure because it because it looks bad on me as well. You know, if I work for the company, I don't want I don't want to be um, under like the whole. I don't want to feel like I didn't do something to stop something which 
shouldn't go out, essentially. Yeah. How do you feel about things such as TikTok? Because I saw, did you see that clip going around um, from Adele where she was like, her label were like, oh yeah, we need to do something where you can do like a TikTok challenge. And she was like, hey, listen, like, I'm not making music for the kids. I'm making music for their parents. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get that in work where you feel like they might sometimes put pressure on you to create campaigns that they think needs to fit in with what is the in thing at the moment? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been quite lucky in that. And the kind of clients that I work with, like they know their place is Instagram <laughs> and they know they drive money from it. But then I do have lots of people like ebook readers who might work like other brands, etc. And say like, how do we like grow on TikTok and so on? And truth of the matter is, TikTok isn't for everyone. Mm. But in the same way, Instagram isn't for everyone. A lot of the times you see TikTok famous people, you click onto the Instagram link and they have like 5K followers. Whereas on TikTok, they've got like 300K followers and then vice versa with Instagram and TikTok as well. I think the main thing is to consider is, is your actual audience on TikTok? Do you have an objective for TikTok? For example, if it's sales and you're a brand that sells a beauty product for like £150, are you actually going to convert many people on TikTok onto it? And if you're not going to do that and you really want to be on TikTok, what other content are you going to make? for a predominantly Gen Z audience to enjoy. So I feel like whatever platform you are, wherever you are, does my audience exist on this platform? And what kind of content can I create to kind of work with the audience that you do find on that platform as well? So it's like a two-pronged approach. And yeah, TikTok just isn't for... Is it for you? Do you like it, personally? I'm on it all the time. So I don't have an account <laughs> myself, like behind like Unsa Malik, but I feel like just purely for my job, I always need to be on it. Just understand like where the trends are going, like even down to things like how the ads are evolving over time and like different like e-com functionalities that I can like pitch to clients, etc. So I always just need to be on it from a business perspective. I think it's great and it's going to mature and it is going to grow because... Gen Zs aren't going to be the young people forever. And actually, the top end of Gen Zs are what, like 25, 26 now? Something even older, that. maybe yeah, even exactly. like 27, 28. So they're going to, like, the top end of Gen Zs are not like these 13-year-old kids, which everyone thinks just a Gen Z is now. And actually, their buying power is increasing. So eventually, you will have a much older audience existing on TikTok, on TikTok and they yeah. will have the online buying power and they will be buying like these more like pricer product um products or um just like, being more open to different types of content so it's not a platform which I'm like oh my god you shouldn't be on it but I do feel like you have to think particularly hard about the content you are posting and how it's going to land for that audience you know if you're super luxury maybe you just have like aspirational content or you have like more behind the scenes kind of content or you work with influencers and you let them kind of lead your content for you so it's seeing if the content does work for you over there and yeah you know, in the same vein people say Instagram is dead like it's not dead like, it isn't. I've, I've, I've seen it. I'm, I'm still seeing it work for multiple brands at multiple levels with multiple budgets and objectives and whatever it is that they have. And I'm see, still seeing it convert for them and grow for them. So as much as you go online and people on Twitter are just complaining constantly that Instagram is dead and, oh, my God, I hate it. Like, you, you don't go on it if you hate it, you know. Like, But it's not dead. Like, in the grand scheme of things, it's not dead. Is it easy as it used to be? No. Like, is it more complicated? Do you have to work 10 times harder at times? Yes, but it's not dead. It's not at all. That's just like, personally, I don't personally choose to go on, like I'm, I'm over Snapchat personally, but I know that actually it's it's really still thriving. There's a whole yeah. community on there. 
<laughs> there's a massive community on it. And actually, it's interesting you say that because my younger brother, who's in sixth form now, he, they don't use WhatsApp. They talk on Snapchat. Really? Yeah, yeah, they don't use WhatsApp. They have the conversations, mad. yeah, existing within Snapchat to have it. Even their groups are all within Snapchat. So oh, well, they have group chats on Snapchat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because he never replies to my WhatsApp. So I'm like, what the hell? Like, I know you're always talking to your friends. Like, why? <laughs> my message is just there. And he's like, what are you talking about? Who uses WhatsApp? <laughs> Oh my God. Wow, so we are aunties. I know. I was like, what do you mean? Who uses WhatsApp? How do you talk to your friends? Like, like Snapchat. So they just talk exactly. And like in the Middle East, Snapchat is really massive as well. So there's just, um, it might not work for you anymore. But in the grand scheme of things, these a lot of these platforms aren't dead. And what's one of the trends that you see like on social, especially this year? Um, I feel like personal branding has just really grown especially throughout this pandemic where a lot of people have decided to just do things for themselves and to really just you know they know they've got this skill set to go out there tell people they've got this skill set put it into a product or service and see how it does so I do feel like however you do it whether you're on TikTok and doing it whether you're on LinkedIn and doing it whether you're on Instagram or Twitter wherever it might be I do feel like it is important as much as it's not the easiest thing to jump into when you don't naturally do it um the pros definitely outweigh the cons yeah especially like you're saying that the types of jobs you were offered this time around going back into a nine-to-five were better because of your book like that is so interesting to hear because I think some people in the workplace think personal branding is not for them because they're not a freelancer or they're not trying to start a business so they kind Mm -hmm. of shy away from it Whereas actually you've just shown how it can really help uh, other nine to fivers. It has, it really has helped. And I guess because my ebook essentially is talks about the things I would do in my actual job. And there's been a lot of people like, um, even like the interview kind of phases, I might just kind of give people like like a a small part of my ebook, just kind of have a read over it or people would have read it and then come to me with a potential job opportunity or they've like heard someone else say oh my god like her ebook is amazing so you should talk to her so I have had some amazing opportunities come my way like before I decide to take the job that I'm currently at right now um so I had the kind of the advantage or the the luxury of being like okay it's a great job it's a great title but actually do I like the company culture is it mm. kind of the work like for me that's very important because Again, social doesn't sleep. So everyone's always kind of working around the clock. So you really do get to know your team members and you do really work with one another all the time. And like you have so many amazing reviews of all the people that kind of like send you their reviews and stuff. Are you seeing a common thread of the people that have success off the back of your ebook? Yeah, I am. People who get results are people who read it, one. Two, to actually do the tasks I tell them to do, because I know it's very easy to skim over them, but there's a reason I put it in there. Mm. And then actually implement it, you know. It's just like anything. You buy a workout programme, you're not going to build a muscle or lose the weight, whatever your goal is, just from buying the workout programme. You actually have to take the steps and implement it. It's the same with my ebook. You need to actually take everything I've taken into account, apply everything, do the tasks, and then implement it within your own work, and then you will see the results. And like, again, you go through my reviews and people do get consistent results from doing that. People love it. Like, even when we did, like, the clubhouse, like, mm. Unsa, there was people that were in that room that were like, I read your ebook, it worked for me. I was like, this is 
is amazing. I know, I know. It, it has been amazing. I have to pinch myself sometimes. Like, I mean, I wrote the ebook. I know it should produce results. But when someone like sends you a screenshot, I actually say like, oh my God, I've made this many sales. I've grown this much. Or even people are getting jobs from like just learning things and knowing what to say in interviews and how to impress an interviewer. Um, It does make me feel really good. Like ultimately, I feel like this is why I've done it. It's really helped people and people are growing on social or like building like more partnerships, working with more brands, like people on like 300 followers and getting brand partnerships. Like it's, it's amazing. Do you have a thing you do like when someone sends you a review and they've had success or when you get a notification that someone's bought the book? Yeah, I'm just literally, it's like, I do like a happy dance. Like I don't, I, like, I don't get over it. I'm just like, oh my God, like, it, it feels good to know people have faith in you. Um, but it's even better that they put the faith in you and they actually get in the results. Love that, love that. So like you could be somewhere, Unsa's in our house, she sees the notification and then your flatmate just sees you do your happy dance. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Unsa, I think we're going to end it there. This has been such a great chat. Thanks so much. It's been a, it's been a nice chat. It's been a good chat. And where can people yeah. find you? Um, just search my name Unsa Malik and I am wherever apart from TikTok <laughs> I'm like I'm hiding behind an account but if you just search my name everywhere else you'll find me oh my gosh we need a TikTok of you of you just putting up your happy dances oh my god I know that's the thing I, I, every time I say actually I have so many great content ideas in my head which I just know will land so well but I'm like no but like think about like the kind of clients you work with now and like you know <laughs> uphold like some reputation but like, why should that hold you back good sir not hold me back i just don't want to be the topic of conversation in that i don't want it to be like oh my god that's no and so you've written a book you're the main character energy now you're right you're right you're right actually i'll, I'll get there you might see me doing a tiktok dance <laughs> <laughs> So that brings us to the end of another episode. I really loved hearing from Unsa because I just feel like the narrative online is so heavy geared towards entrepreneurship, have your own business, be your own boss. And actually Unsa showing like you can be a boss and, and have a nine to five. And I, I really loved that about that conversation and just hearing that perspective. Also, just hearing how she's grown her ebook and used all her learnings from all her jobs and applied it to her own thing. So that was amazing. As I said earlier, we do have a copy of her five star ebook, Slashed It, to give away. So if you would like to win the ebook, all I would like you guys to do is let me know your top takeaway or your top lesson from the conversation I've had with Unsa. All you need to do is hashtag no approval podcast on Twitter, letting me know what your top takeaway is. You can at me as well. It's at Pillar of Society to make sure that I see it, but I'll monitor the hashtag. If you're not on Twitter and you're on Instagram, then again, just use hashtag no approval podcast and tag me in your stories, sharing your lesson. Make sure you also tag Unsa. She's at Unsa Malik. And make sure that you're just following her. Like if you've got to the end of this conversation, that means I know that social media is an important part of what you're doing. Maybe you've got a project going. Maybe like both of us, you've worked behind the scenes or you have a side hustle that you want to get going. So yeah, just make sure you're following her because she's consistently dropping gems. She's always dropping like relevant news in the social media space. She's always dropping her research, her learnings. 
just so much value in following Unsa across social. But yeah, that's it for another week. Thank you so much for listening and I shall see you guys next Tuesday. Bye.